So today, I want us to, uh, I want us to focus on boundaries. Thank you, Jared. And as we talk about boundaries, one of the things that I think is important is that we, we grab a baseline. You know, I mean, you all get the concept of a baseline, right? A baseline is this is where we start from. So it doesn't matter what age you are. I mean, what baseline is, is we all have to find a place in which we can measure from. Well, I believe that we can build a baseline in how we approach all of our boundaries and borders in our lives, especially in our relationships, when we put them on this baseline. Now, before I get going, let me just stop and say, according to Dartmouth University, 87% of our life and leadership challenges, all the struggles, the tensions, the stressors that happen in our life, 87% of those happen as a result of interpersonal relationships. Would you agree? I mean, let's face it, people are weird and you're people, right? I mean, just look around you, and it doesn't take long before you find weird people. They are everywhere, right? And you know, there is somebody right now looking at you thinking, Pastor's talking about that guy. <laughs> and there, there, there are people here right now that want to reach over and tap their spouse saying, he's, he's talking about you. Because if, if we didn't have people in our life, life would be a piece of cake, wouldn't it? I mean, think about it. Life is so easy without people until you get lonely and then you desperately need them. But you see, we were built to do life with people. But here's the baseline that I want to introduce you to. So the scripture in the book of Proverbs, and this is a really important thing for you to grasp and hold on to. When you read the book of Proverbs, you hear these phrases a lot, my child. All right? Now, the reason you read that is that this is a daddy writing a letter to his son. But now here's the theology behind the book of Proverbs. The theology behind the book of Proverbs is that this is even more so a heavenly father giving us his children his instruction. Are you with me? Because you see, the words that that daddy penned to his son were literally given to him by God himself and so they were penned for you as a child of God to hear the heavenly father, God the father, creator and sustainer of all life, give you this instruction. And here's what he said in Proverbs 3, verse 1. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. And if you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Now, I don't know about you, but I could use a little bit of satisfying in my life. Couldn't you? I mean, don't you think most of us could use a little more satisfaction in our life? I, I have had since Christmas a nonstop flow of people in my office who genuinely are just not satisfied with their life. Things have just gone astray, whether it's a couple or a family or an individual or an adolescent. I've seen it all. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm super grateful that I have that privilege and that honor. But I would say to you that there is one common thread amongst all of those people who come to see me and say, my life, however they describe it, is not satisfying. I mean, there's something broken in my relationships, in my life. And I've discovered that the common thread is not what other people are doing to them, but that as individuals, they don't honor or they don't build and then honor personal boundaries. They don't build those. 
And so what happens is, as Christians, oftentimes what people think is, I'm not supposed to build boundaries. I'm supposed to love everybody. I'm supposed to be gracious to everybody. I'm supposed to be sweet and kind to everybody. Well, let me just stop and say, I really do believe that when we are most kind, we are most clear. That kindness equals clarity. But you cannot be kind to either yourself or to others without building healthy boundaries. It is impossible. Every time I get myself in trouble relationally, it's because I either haven't built or I don't honor a personal boundary. Now, there are people who would say, and there are plenty of preachers who would say, you know, Chuck, this is a secular subject that you're trying to instill into the church. I would say this is a biblical subject that the world has finally figured out. Because we are a people that need to understand boundaries aren't as much about keeping others out as much as keeping ourselves in. This is a big deal. Boundaries aren't so much about keeping people out. Like if you have a fence around your yard, I guarantee you at some point you have a gate, right? So that gate says to people, this is the appropriate way you come in and this is the appropriate way you exit. If you keep climbing over the fence, you're not honoring that boundary. Psychology Today puts it this way. I thought this was interesting. The whole point of having boundaries is so that we can contain ourselves within the parameters of where I stop and others begin. Now you say, well, Chuck, I, I think I understand. Like, like if, if you're standing here and I'm sitting there, there's a boundary. But you know, if, if we break those boundaries that we have built, what happens is we dishonor the person we're supposed to be. Now you say, well, Chuck, where do you get that from? Well, remember how we started. Remember my teachings and keep my, what was the word? Commands, right? Remember my teaching, keep my commands. Length of days and years of life will be added to you and your life will be satisfying. Now watch this. The command, if you remember Jesus saying, was that we were to love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul. What are we supposed to do? Love others. And how are we supposed to love others? As we love who? Ourselves. Now watch this. If we don't build boundaries around ourselves to keep ourselves hemmed in, we will never become all that God wants us to be. Without boundaries, we will wander out from where we're supposed to be because boundaries, again, from a biblical perspective, aren't about keeping people away from us. It's keeping us away from wrong. Now, without boundaries, I promise you, we wander. We're just natural human beings. That's what happens in our life. You see, boundaries really help us do this. They help us define who we are and what we think. And if you'll go ahead and build a few boundaries, you'll go ahead and determine how you're going to act and react when things happen in your life that cause you to lose it. Next time that person honks their horn behind you because you're reading your text at the stoplight and it's two seconds later and they're just hammering you on the horn and you get up to the next light and they pull up beside you and roll their window down and share with you all of your family heritage and that they love you so much that you're number one right there. When you think I want to bite and I want to take the bait and I want to get in the anger, if your boundaries already built, then you can honor what the proverb says, don't argue with a fool, let them argue themselves. You say, well, Chuck, somebody's got to tell them. No, they don't. Well, Chuck, somebody's got to fix it. No, no, they really don't. Well, Chuck, I, you realize I have a badge at home. I'm the fool police. I'm in charge of knuckleheads. No, 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 you're not. There's, there's not a spiritual gift out there that says you're in charge of arguing with people. 
Well, Chuck, this is my favorite one. I, I hear this all the time, especially from men. I hear it all the time. Well, that's just the way I am, pilgrim. <laughs> that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, that may be the way you were, but in Christ, that's not where he wants to leave you, right? So you can choose to think about boundaries as barricades or fortifications to keep others out. And maybe that's how some people use boundaries, but I, I would say God-honoring boundaries are about us. God-honoring boundaries are about us. This is why Jesus makes a point. Stop worrying about the speck in their eye and worry about the telephone pole in your own, right? I mean, all through the scriptures, what we find is everything that matters is a matter of the heart. So we need to contain our heart and we need to build boundaries around them. Like, you, can you imagine if you were driving down 75 South and you get to the state line of Florida and they have armed guards there with shotguns waiting for you to be able to prove that you can enter Florida? I mean, I just like Florida, come on, that's rude. You know, we want sunshine too, right? But we don't do that. We just cross that line. But we do know it's a boundary because all of a sudden you cross it, you know things are different, right? The road's a little different. The exits are different. The signs are different. We know that, but we, we know when to cross and when not to cross. You see, boundaries aren't aggressive or designed to keep people out. Instead, they are self-definitions. When you build healthy, God-honoring boundaries, you're determining that I'm going to allow the presence of God in me to overwhelm me to the degree that I do not have to respond like the rest of the world. I can respond as God has made me in him through love. Now you're saying, but Chuck, I kind of like who I am. Well, I can promise you. Whoever you are today, God has a better you in store for tomorrow. But without the boundary, you'll stay where you're at. Remember, boundaries aren't designed to keep people out. They're to help define who you are. Now, what is aggressive is when people move the boundary without your permission. You ever seen that? I see this in extended families all the time. Like mom-in-law, father-in-law, whoever, they they love to move boundaries around. Well, you know, if you love me, you'll do this. But you know... Here's what I find a lot of in marriage. I I find that little boys, maybe 38 or 9, but they still try to be their mama's little boy, and they don't leave and cleave. And you know what I find? I find marital problems because I can promise you, if a man doesn't put his wife second only to God and he honors mommy more, he never left and he never cleaved, and as a result, he stayed a little boy and he didn't honor a boundary. I didn't get one wife say, "Mm mm-hmm. But I guarantee you there were 15 in here that thought, "Mm mm-hmm, that's him. She is driving me back crazy. mm -hmm." When I watch this, ladies, you got to leave mom and daddy too. Leave it up to a man to drop the amen on that one, right? Yeah. Let me just say, he's sleeping in the extra bedroom tonight. Yeah, I'll show you what cleaving and leaving looks like, bro. Yeah. So it's time, you see, to let the little boy and the little girl sit down and the man of God and the woman of God stand up, right? Because, you see, if we don't honor those boundaries, we don't honor our marriage. I was on the phone a couple of times this week with women struggling with this, this one problem, and I had, to, I had to say to both of them, If your husband can't put you right behind God, your marriage is so broken. 
And you know it when you're not in the right place. And that's the same either way. Too many followers of Jesus, my friends, have adopted the idea that boundaries are inherently negative and we're supposed to just get along with everything and, and invite ourselves into every conversation. I mean, the scripture does say, if somebody wants your shirt, what do you do? You give it to them. If somebody slaps you on one cheek, what do you do? Give them the other one. So that, does that mean that I never stand for myself? I never secure myself? I never, I never take care of myself? Listen, it is the opposite of that. Yes, there is a time in which you are to sacrificially give, and you should do that out of love and generosity and a spirit of graciousness. But that does not mean that you stand there and get run over day after day after day and lose who you are in Christ because you have lost yourself. That is not what God intended for you to be. Being a Christian doesn't mean that you're a pushover, that you're a sissy, because it takes far more guts to build a boundary than it does to fight. It takes far more guts to make sure that I'm going to look at my own self, look in the mirror, and become all God wants me to be. In fact, boundaries are discussed regularly in the scriptures, and even Jesus had his own personal boundaries. I mean, nowhere in scripture do we read that Jesus went into a town and healed everybody. We read multiple times where Jesus who had already reached rock star status at this point where thousands of people would follow him wherever he went, at times had to escape away from all those followers, not because they didn't have needs, but because he needed to be alone. Listen, if Jesus needed time alone with God, how much more do we need it? If Jesus, the son of the living God, the second part of the Trinity, needed to step away from the work and the ministry of people, how much more do we need it? And in the church, we're so guilty of thinking, if you love Jesus, you show up for everything. That's just not true. If you love Jesus, you will honor the boundaries of becoming all God wants you to be. And the work of the ministry will never replace the worship of your ministry, ever. If you're working so much in the church that you have no time to worship the Lord on your own, you are in sin. Because Jesus doesn't need your hands and feet. He needs your heart, and then the hands and feet will do the right thing. But listen to me, church. If you don't build boundaries to protect that, what will happen is your relationships will not be built out of love to be true, genuine, and purely motivated. Boundaries have to exist for your relationships to be healthy. They have to. They have to. You see, these things determine what we say no to more than what we say yes to. These things determine how we're going to argue and how we're going to return to one another. They include what we're going to honor and what we're not going to honor. Those things that matter most and those things that matter little. It keeps us from fighting about the foolish things and keep us focused on the main things. Because when we start fighting over the little things, Satan wins. And when we keep the main thing, the main thing, Christ wins. And when Christ wins, we win. And when we win, it's because we're honoring these boundaries. But you say, Chuck, I, I, I need to build these, but I don't really, you got to help me. I'm going to give you the easiest one in scripture. Proverbs chapter 27, or I'm sorry, chapter 25, verse 17. Spend $1,000 on hearing aids and my mouth mess up. 
This one is pretty easy. Look at this. Don't visit your neighbors too often or you will wear out your welcome. Have y'all ever been in a room where somebody was staying a little too long at your house and you looked at your spouse? Now watch my eyes. Here's what it looks like. You know the look, don't you? You know what I'm talking about. It's like they, everybody else is gone, but they, they, they just won't leave. I have a cure for that in my house. I just figure it's time to stand up and say, I'm going to bed. Lock the door. Bless y'all. We're out of here, right? But you see, now this one's simple, right? I mean, this, one, this one's so easy, you can't get more clear. There's a, that's a clear example of a boundary. Let me give you one that's a little more nuanced, right? Move over a chapter to Proverbs 26, verse 4. Don't answer the foolish arguments of fools, or you will become as foolish as they are. Ooh, ouch. Well, Chuck, do you know how dumb that was? Yeah, probably, yeah, it probably was me. Well, Chuck, somebody has to tell them how dumb that was. Well, it doesn't have to be you, I promise. Listen, I fought this my whole life. You know, I... I there's nobody that loves a good road rage argument like I do. Nobody. I mean, Jenny can tell you, she will reach over and grab my arm as if she's taking my right arm out, you know, just to remind me, hush, Chuck, just, just hush. And you know, I, I've had to learn to try to build some boundaries because you know what I've learned? When you argue with fools, you're the one that feels miserable afterwards. You ever been in a position where you got in an argument and then it just stuck with you for days? And it's like, I just got to get even. I got to go. And you think about how you're, what you're going to say and how you're going to respond. And then when you talk to your friends, you tell them about it. And then the gossip starts. And then you keep thinking, I've got even a better retort for them and I'll show them. And before you know it, listen to what the scripture says, or you'll become as foolish as they are. Don't take the bait. Build the boundary. This, it is a little more nuanced, but Christians feel the need to engage all the time. All you got to do is look at social media. Like some preacher says something and somebody that attended their church or watched them online, they quoted something he said. And then 30 people slam that guy's church, slam that guy, slam that person for quoting that guy because they don't like how he dresses, what he says, or what he thinks. And then this poor person, like 30 quotes later, just says, I just thought it sounded good. But we've just beat the dog out of them. Y'all know it. You see it, don't you? And some of y'all are in it. I see you on there. It's like we, we pick somebody out there trying to do work and we don't like their theology, so we just beat them like they're yard dogs. You know why? Because it's easy to do that behind a keyboard. Well, what I'd say to you is stop taking the bait and build the boundary that says, no, I'm not going to argue that. I'm not going to become a fool. If someone comes up talking foolishness, let me clarify foolishness. Gossip, slander, lies, arrogance, vulgarity. You are not obligated to engage them. I don't care how much you love Jesus. If anything, you might be obligated to just get out of the conversation. Jesus was known for setting boundaries. He regularly took time away from people. But now watch this. You know why he did it? He could have stuck with the expectations everybody had on him. Now watch this. He, I got to say that again because I don't think you got it. He could have stuck with the expectations everybody had on him. But he didn't. He put God the Father ahead of their expectation, including the attaboys he would get from all of the healing because he knew he needed time with the Father. I'm going to say it one more time. If Jesus needed it, how much more do you need it? 
Can you imagine Jesus walking into a town? Heals 80, 100 people. Goes along to be with the Father. Can you imagine what the people are saying? Well, you know, if he really loved me, he'd be here right now. Well, that's what we say to people in the church. Well, if they really love Jesus, they would be at this social event. Like, that's going to move heaven and earth. You know, some of the best things you can do is not go to a church event and honor a boundary of being with your spouse and be with your children. But by the way, if you're going to do that, put your dang phone away. Put your phone away. Be fully present. Build a few boundaries. I look at all this and I think, this is a serious relational beyond the surface lesson here. That Jesus stepped away and built a boundary to spend time with God. And it is so true for me and you. John chapter 2. In in John's gospel, chapter 2, verse 24, it says, But Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people. Now, Now, think about this in light of me and you. No one needed to tell him about human nature, for he knew that was in each person's heart. Listen, Jesus knows the manner of your heart. If you don't honor the boundary that says, I'm not going to take the bait, and you feel like you have to take the bait, what you're really saying is, Jesus... The bait's more powerful than you are in my life because you're not going to honor it. This passage is amazing and often completely overlooked. At this point, remember, Jesus has rock star status. Thousands of people coming to hear this rabbi and to hear him and watch him. But in that celebrity status, the one thing I'll say again, Jesus didn't do what people expected him to do. He did what God told him to do. Let me ask you a question. Are you living your life based on what people expect you to be and expect you to do? Or are you living your life from what God wants you to do and wants you to be? Because often and far too often, those are two radically different lives. So when we think about boundaries, again, the single best advice I can give you about your relational advice, relational work, and anything, whether it's marriage Dating, whether it's friendship, business partners, it doesn't matter. The best advice relationally that I can give you comes from the life of Jesus. You need time alone with God to develop into the person he longs for you to become. Period. You see, if we're not right vertically, we will never be right horizontally. I don't care how sweet or nice or how much sweet tea you pour on it, you'll never be right this way until you get right this way. And you cannot get right this way without spending time with the one that lives this way. You see, but you, you see, Chuck, I don't have time. So you have time for all the sideways energy of the relationships that are just going crossways in your life? You got time to do that? Like every, every time you step into your, your in-laws or your parents and it's messing up the relationship with your wife or your husband, it's worth that? I mean, come on. Every time you enter into that flirtatious relationship with that person that works around you and you know that that's stepping out of the boundaries of your marriage, that's okay. Every time you enter into gossip and talk and chatter that doesn't matter and doesn't advance the kingdom of God but makes you look good, that's okay. No, that's sin. And we always are attracted to sin when we don't build boundaries because biblical boundaries can save your relationship in your marriage and in your family. But now watch this. I I, want to make sure you get this. Here's some wise counsel for setting boundaries as we try to wrap up today. A lack of boundaries can and will create significant issues because you can lose a definite sense of who you are. 
and all God wants you to be. So here's what I know about every person that's listening or watching online or in the room. God's plan for your life is thousands of times better than what you could imagine for your own life. And every time that you rob God from being able to give you that life, it is because you didn't set and honor a, a boundary that you know your life needs. If you're somebody who flirts with pornography, build a boundary because if you get close, you will slide down that slippery slope. If you're a person that struggles with addiction, you got to build boundaries. But now watch this. If you're a person that deals with ego, you got to build boundaries. You see, without these boundaries, we never become the full person God wants us to be. That's what living with boundaries is all about. Losing your personal identity, losing your personal feelings, losing your personal dreams. That can seem like, oh, this I'm Christianly, I'm humble. No, that is not allowing God to do everything in you he wants to do in you, for you, through you. Listen, if you need help setting boundaries, I'm going to encourage you to do three things. One, you're welcome to call my office. Two, start listening to the Positive Talk podcast every Thursday where we talk about boundaries nonstop, where Julie and I take faith and psychology, put the two together and find out that science and scripture are not opposed to one another. And then third, if, if you need help, go to clearpathcounseling.org, fill out that free assessment, and let Julie or Mandy give you that free assessment. After the 9.30, they, you can't believe how many people said, yeah, I need this help. Just go to clearpathcounseling.org. It's a ministry that this church started that has almost 80 therapists in it. And our desire is to try to help you the best we can. But I urge you, consider these boundaries in your life. I'm going to give them to you real quick. You ready? Number one, build a boundary with your time that is honored by you to sharpen your life. When you describe something as an honor, you mean you think it's something special and desirable. And this honoring is a time to speak with God, to hear God, and to read God's word. Outside today, on your way out, you can pick up one of these dwell packets. In this dwell packet, it's got a piece of scripture. With this scripture, it's got a card. It's got a temporary tattoos. It's got key fobs. Anything you can imagine, try to help get scripture in your life. Grab one of these. They're totally free on the way out, right? Along with that, make sure that you listen to the weekday podcast, Monday through Friday. Bobby and I unpack five minutes of scripture and encouragement just to get, just let your scripture get into your life. It's super easy. We've made it so easy for you. Build that boundary with your time. Secondly, build a boundary with your family to be intentionally present. All right, now watch this. To be intentionally present means that this right here has got to go away. I really hope I didn't break that. <laughs> but you physically cannot be physically present when you are purposely present in your device. There is no such thing as multitasking. The brain, it is impossible to do. So you are either fully present or you are not. Hey, Daddy. If you're not fully present, you're not honoring a boundary that God has for you. Mommy, you're constantly involved in a text string and you don't stop to be fully present with your kids, you're, you're not honoring a boundary. If you're letting your kids let that thing become, you know, just another appendage to their body, you're not honoring a boundary. Social media is not where we grow up in Christ. It is where we typically run away from it. I'm not opposed to social media. I'm just saying we need boundaries. And without them, we find ourselves in trouble. Here's another one. Build a boundary with your work to honor your rest. 
I grew up in a home where my dad never took a day off, never took a vacation. My dad worked nonstop, seven days a week, all the time. He thought that it was for weak people to take vacations and take days off. Dad went his whole life sleeping five, six hours a night. And you know, when he was my age, he was hypertensive. He was 370 pounds. He was inactive, and he died early with a heart attack. You know why? Because my dad didn't build a boundary and he believed that as you do God's work that you're supposed to be nonstop. Can I just say to you, that is wrong. My dad chose to do the work of the church over being with me and my sisters and my family. And I can tell you something, folks, that is not the will of God. Not now, not then, not ever. And when you look at this, you've got to learn to build boundaries with your rest because I don't care how much you think you're Superman, you were wired to get rest. Even God modeled it. And on the seventh day, he did what? He rested. Not because he was tired, but to show us that we needed it. And we need it. Here's another one. Build a boundary with your finances to honor God with his blessings. Now, you know what this one's all about? Just like all the others, it's about margin. Can you build enough margin where most of us, according to statistics, are living paycheck to paycheck. But you realize you don't have to live every penny to every penny, right? You, you can build margin in your life. But when we don't ma manage with the boundaries around us financially, we will buy everything that we want, which will put us in trouble. And there are some of you that are so disciplined in this area, you, you think, well, how do those people do that? Because they're undisciplined in that area, just like you are undisciplined in other areas. But this is one where we truly can honor the Lord and we can build margin in our life. Let me give you another one. Build a boundary around your time to honor your personal health. See, a lot of times what will happen is we, we, we'll put work so far out ahead or we'll even put sacrifice and service ahead. And before you know it, we make all the commitments in the world to people because we love that dopamine hit of being the person that helps everybody. And then that dopamine hit falls off, and then we realize, oh, crud, i got to do something with all this. Now you're responsible for 17 things you were never intended to be responsible for, and you're mad at them, and you're the one that said yes. You know how I know this? That's me. <laughs> but if we don't build those boundaries, what will happen is we will take years off our life, and it will not be satisfying. And your spouse will pay the price, and your kids will pay the price, and your friends will pay the price, and you will pay the price. Jesus himself created the greatest boundary of all time. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Father except through him. And you say, well, Chuck, that, that sounds exclusive. Oh, it is. But it's equally inclusive because he never limited anybody from walking through the right gate. You see, the boundary of being separated is we're sinful people. We do things that breaks God's heart. We break his rules all the time. Our attitudes and our actions. Jesus came along with a cross-shaped bridge and said, I'm going to die for you. I'm going to raise from the dead. I'm going to pay for all those bad decisions. And in that, you can choose me, and that boundary goes away, and now you can build healthy, God-honoring boundaries because I'm going to be present in your life. And all you have to do is ask. You just call on his name. Jesus, would, would you forgive me? Come live in my life. I, I know that you died for me and you rose from the dead for me. And I, I want you to take over. I, I need these boundaries and I need to start with you. I need to get this baseline set where I'm, I'm on solid platform. 
We got some builders in the house, and they know that when you, when you go to build a building, you start to dig these footings, and these footings have to get down to solid ground, and, and then somebody comes, and they, they approve that the footers have been dug, an inspector, and then you got rebar in it, and you got to pour that concrete in it, and without it, if you went out and built your house just on a piece of dirt without that solid footing, what would happen is the rain would come, and the winds would come, and the storms would come, and your house would be gone. You see, no matter how many boundaries you build, unless you build on the rock, you will blow away. You will wither away. You will get washed away, and you won't have any boundaries at all because you'll just be living out there without Christ. And what I would say to you is it's as simple as calling on his name. So why not ask him now? So here's it's this simple. Jesus, I'm calling on your name. Would you forgive me? Would you step into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior? I, I believe you died for me and you rose from the dead for me. And I want to live for you. If that's your prayer, my friend, listen, Jesus stepped into your life just as sure as I'm knocking on wood. And now the next step is to follow Jesus in baptism just like those two young ladies did with the courage they had. So today, at the end of this service, I'm going to be right here. If you're one of those folks that needs to come by and say hey to the preacher every week, would you wait and let people come see me first that want to say yes to Jesus? Because I believe with all my heart there are people in this room right now that just need to settle this baseline in their life and come meet Jesus. And I want to let you. It's not about walking an aisle. It's not about joining a church. It's about saying, Jesus, I'm calling on your name. And I'll promise you, I won't embarrass you. I won't do anything. I just want to meet you. I want to pray for you. I'm going to sit down right on that corner, and I'm going to wait for you to come join me and sit with me. And we'll take two minutes max. Isn't it good to know that heaven is for real? Last Sunday afternoon, Zach and I did a funeral service, and we talked about this fellow. He loved baseball, and he loved the dogs, and he just was one of those kind of bigger-than-life kind of guys. We got done, and I was able to say, but that's not him. Because to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. That's the goodness of what the boundary Jesus erased was. So you want to start that baseline and get it right? You say yes to Jesus today. Father, thank you for the privilege of knowing that We can call on your name, and you will answer us, and you'll hear us. God, I pray there'd be people in this room that would literally just make their way to this front and just sit here with me and tell me, Chuck, I I just asked Jesus, and that's all you got to say. I pray they'd have the courage to do that even as we worship. Give us the courage to build boundaries to honor you in our life. And keep us within your will and your direction for our life so you can bless us richly. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, you briefly worship. If today you gave your life to Jesus, I'm, I'm just going to sit right here. I promise that these folks will part like the Red Sea to let you come see me and just chat with me. You, I'm not going to introduce you. I'm not going to embarrass you. None of that. You just come see me. But you just come on right now while they're singing. Future is heaven. I praise God.
Come on, church. Oh, what he's done. What he's done. What he's done. All the glory and the honor to the Son. My sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. packet I know it I know it's late but let me give you this blessing because I, I just hate to leave you without it this Jesus we talked about let him go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight that is what he does let this Jesus go within you bring you peace and joy fulfillment and contentment because he is always good and you are always loved when things get difficult, and they will, let that same Jesus come along behind you and pick you up and carry you, not around the problem, but right through the middle of it. Only so you can feel victory when he sets you down on your two feet and wipes away your tears and kisses you on the forehead and wraps you up in his big loving arms. So you can hear your Savior, your King, your Lord say this to you. My child, say it with me. I love you. God bless you, friends. Go in peace.